Hello, I'm Beth Fateni, the director of the New York-based nonprofit Green Inside and Out and host of the Green Inside and Out podcast, where we cover environmental topics to keep you informed, inspired, and empowered to take action. And my guest is Honey LeBronx, one of my favorite people. She stars in her own YouTube cooking series called The Vegan Drag Queen and hosts the Big Fat Vegan Radio podcast. As an LGBTQ rights activist, she is committed to bringing discussions about animal rights, intersectionality, and social justice to new audiences. In 2011, she was one of eight activists arrested for blocking New York City traffic while demonstrating for marriage equality alongside her drag mother, Bob the Drag Queen. She has performed around the world, raising funds for local animal sanctuaries, rescues, and activist organizations. Out of Drag, Honey, or Ben Strothman, is an actor, singer, playwright, and theatrical photographer, originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So welcome, Honey. Hi, thank you so much. Oh, you have like the perfect radio announcer voice. I love it. <laughs> Good. I try. You know, I actually used to be used to be told when I would audition for voiceover jobs, I would always get the same critique. They're like, you talk like a radio announcer. Just say it like you would say this to your mom. And I'm like, you mean like I would just casually be telling my mom about the virtues of Crest White Strips? Oh, sure. That's a normal thing that would happen. So I'm like, the new Crest White Strips are great because they whiten. They're like, no, no, no. You're doing that radio. And I'm like, this is just how I talk. Leave me alone. <laughs> I had such a speech impediment as a kid. I, I don't know if you'd call it an impediment, but just I tried to talk as fast as my mind is talking. And so like the, the words were always just coming out. Like everything I would just say would just be blah, 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 blah. people could not understand me. So like in my teenage years, actually no, so once I moved to New York, I remember just making a conscious effort to slow down and fully form all my consonants. And I don't have that kind of patience. I ran out of patience with myself as I'm talking, but over time I've become very easy to understand. I Ooh, love the I, way you talk. And, and I've, uh, I've seen you perform at um, different venues, which we'll talk about. Um, and I love the fact that, um, you know, you bring such wonderful um, color to vegan events that I've been been at. And so I just think it's so fantastic um, that you, you know, have your drag queen self that's so wonderful and you're vegan as well. So I was wondering um, to, if you can tell our audience, how long have you been vegan and what made you make the switch? Like, why is being vegan important to you? Right. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't really identify with the word vegan so much as plant-based. Um, I'm not fully vegan yet, but I'm working towards it. I feel like just for me and like my body, like as long as I know where my food came from. And, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love saying that whenever I'm speaking to someone, they're like, how long have you been vegan? And I say that just to see the look on people's faces. No, um, I have been vegan. I have to think. <laughs> Uh, 11 and a half. It's May minus it was November. So of, of 2009, almost to the day. I, I forget if it was the 11th or the 12th. It was on the birthday of one of my biggest vegan haters ever. And so every year I was like, happy birthday, another year vegan. You didn't think I could. Um, so today, I, today is 11 and a half years. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> wow. Congrats. And, and almost as long 
um, as a drag queen because uh, I, I started drag a, like, like a month prior, uh, maybe yeah. a month and a week prior. That's what I was wondering as well. So I was wondering if you could tell us about the evolution of how Honey LeBronx, the vegan drag queen, came to be. Yeah, well, it's just, as long as we're talking about diet stuff, I have a question for your former guest who is talking about the carbon concrete. I've heard of paleo and I've heard of Atkins, but what is carb uh, and concrete? Is that just the carbs and concrete? <laughs> you just eat carbs and concrete? No. Okay. I was such a stupid joke, but I had to. Um, so how did the vegan drag queen come to be? Well, it's... Uh, I, oh, how, how, how short can I make this story? Um, I have a, a dear friend who basically suggested uh, a vegan diet in response to some, you know, concerns I just had about overall health. And the minute he suggested vegan, I was like, no, like just never happening. Like just miss me with that. But he gave me a book called The Face on Your Plate. And it, um, it was the saddest thing I've ever read. And uh, in that moment, it reconnected me with like who a chicken is and who a pig is and who a cow is. And I, you know, while I was reading it, I happened to be uh, fasting. I was doing the master cleanse, which is not for everyone, but I love it. I actually just finished doing 10 days in the master cleanse. So like yesterday was like my first like solid meal. I, probably not, I, I made like a, a zucchini noodle uh, pesto and in, to be more whole foods, instead of using oil in the pesto, I just used tahini, which is like, you're not making a pesto at that point, but it was just a creamy pesto. It was really good. Um, so anyway, uh, I was doing the master cleanse while I read the book. So I had a fresh start since I was already basically vegan by default. Uh, or at least plant-based by default. And so I was going to give myself one cheat day a week where I could eat whatever I wanted. And I remember I wanted to go to Taco Bell because I because that's the kind of fancy food person I am. But some friends were like, hey, we're going out for, I don't know, like Asian food or whatever. I, I don't know. I say Asian because I don't know if it wasn't quite Chinese. I think it was Thai. I think it was Thai. Um, and I remember wanting to order something. And then I was like, like it had Thai. And I was like, well, which meat do I want in it? And so and it was just arbitrary. I was like, well, I guess I should be eating an animal because I want to treat myself. And then I thought, well, can I get that with chicken in it? And then as soon as I said chicken, I remembered like, oh, they stretch out one wing at a time to like sunbathe and soak up the sun. They dust bathe by rolling around in like the dust or sawdust or dirt. And like the idea that this is the, th I think this was the thing that did it for me viscerally. The idea that a chicken who has never known anything other than being in a factory farm, these are the things I used to tell myself to comfort myself. Like, yeah, but they don't know any different. They've never had freedom. The minute they break free, they've never had an opportunity to stretch their wing and sunbathe. They've never had an opportunity to build a nest. They've never had an opportunity to scratch in the ground or or dust bathers. And the minute they break free, they revert to those natural behaviors. That tells me that feeling has been in their body their entire life. And even though they've never had a chance to do it, they know that they have a need to do it. And I just imagined at that point, if my whole life 
I were, you know, uh, cl- you know in, in some claustrophobic tight space and like I could never put my arms out at my side or my, my, or my elbows were pinned to my side. You know, someone had me tied up and I could never stretch. I can't even imagine a couple of seconds of that because that's immediately just so hard to, to even fathom and having to endure. And in that moment, I'm like, I am causing someone else to do that. And, 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 and I can no longer do that in my name. That's, that, that will never again happen because of me. And so it was in that moment, I decided I'm just vegetarian. It was six months more before I decided, okay, I'm taking that leap and going vegan. That happened because one day I got a cold and I thought I want this to be over as soon as possible. I once heard a doctor say, if you take, if you consume dairy, it prolongs your symptoms when you're sick. So I went to PETA's uh, accidentally vegan page on their site and I just picked a bunch of food. I'm like, Cap'n Crunch is vegan? get out of here. Like Nutter Butters and Oreos, that's vegan. So like, I just had like cereal and like, uh, you know, peanut butter toast and like almond ice cream and whatever. And I was like, this is great. I'm vegan. Look at this. And, uh, and 11 and a half years later, I'm still working on being a health food vegan. (laughs) I'm not there yet. Yay. Yay. I love it. It's great. So, you know, I love the fact that you do these charity shows. I've attended one or two that you've done out here on Long Island. So what gave you the idea to start doing charity shows and and where have you traveled? You said you went all over the world. Yeah. um, You know, I've been around the world and I, 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 I can't find my baby. I don't know where, I don't know. I'm just kidding. That's lyrics to it. Anyway, um, you know, one of these days, this is so stupid. And I'm going to say one of these days, I want to do that as a drag number, but I won't be like lip syncing or dancing. I'll just come out on the stage. And then like, once the song starts, I'm just going to start looking around the bar and like looking under chairs and like looking in someone's purse and like putting my hands up to the audience. Like, where is she? Where is my baby? And then like, finally I'll like find a, a cabbage patch doll and then, and then the number's over. But uh, yeah, a friend of mine who is a very successful cabaret performer in New York City, he, he, I, I had him over one day and we were just chatting about, you know, our art and what we do. And, um, you know, I was a bit envious that he was, you know, like a one man show and, was, and had success just doing his own shows. And I asked, you know, how, how do you go about that? And he said, you know, my most successful shows have been my 50-50 shows. And I'm like, what's a 50-50 show? And he's like, well, 50-50 is you do a show, but then you do it as a fundraiser for charity. And then half of the money is yours. And then half of the money is for charity. And I was like, I could do that. And I did one in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm from Milwaukee, but I have a dear friend, a shout out to Sarah Andrews um, in Madison, who works with the local um, uh, Heartland Farm Sanctuary in Verona, Wisconsin, and a local um, uh, Wisconsin wild care, which takes in possums and raccoons and squirrels and like all the uh, animals that in Wisconsin, at least, we consider them like, oh, they're pests and they're awful. And, you know, if a raccoon dies, you know, an angel gets its wings. Like we're so anti-raccoons. It's awful. Mm. Um, like people have real like, like hatred towards these animals. Um, so anyway, she picked those two organizations uh, to be the beneficiaries. 
I did a show. I really never thought I could do it alone. I always thought I needed Bob there with me or Ms. Cracker with the, there with me. I always needed a co-host or someone to play off of. And I went out on stage and I didn't time it. And I, I thought, how am I going to fill a whole hour? I did 90 minutes on stage and didn't even use half my material. And that's the moment where I'm like, I think I actually can just do this. And nowadays I'm like, you know, wake me up and throw me out on stage unprepared. I'll be fine. Like as, as soon as I just start talking, I'll be fine. Um, and to this day I've done, I mean, of course this is all suspended now because of, of COVID, but I've done 111 live shows uh, in five countries, in 73 cities, uh, the countries are uh, the United States, Canada. I'm so happy I can add Canada, even though there's only one city in Canada. Um, United States, Canada, um, Iceland, and uh, Germany, and uh, England. So uh, I've, uh, and I've raised, I, I wish it were more, you know, and, and, and all anyone is going to say is like, no, that's good. You know, it's, it's it, blah, blah, blah. But I, I know drag queens were like, I've raised 3 million for charity. I, I've raised $44,000 for uh, charity at this point. Um, that's great. Uh, benefit Thank you. Thank you. Benefiting, I think, 148 different organizations. I love statistics so much. I became one. But, um, you know, I, I want to start doing virtual shows online, but like I'm I'm so ADHD for a year. I've been saying in two more weeks, I'll be able to do this and this and this and then just not the case. But uh, but yeah, I, 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 I didn't really ever imagine that this would be something I would start doing. And you know, it, it makes me money as well. It makes me just enough money that I can cover my my costs, rent a car. Um, you know, usually I stay in someone's home, which is how I met you. You hosted me when I was in town to do my Long Island show. Yes, I in the wrong state way, at my house. <laughs> Beth Fatani, like when I stay with someone, usually I arrive like after midnight like while the person's asleep so like about a about 73 people around the world have let me just creep into their house after after they're gone to sleep there are post-it notes everywhere like an arrow on a post-it note like your room is this way like here's the ac here's how it works here are snacks it's almost like you were trying to bait me like there was going to be a cardboard box with a propped up on a stick to like capture me or something like snacks are this way you're almost there it was just so how i i have a welcome letter for my apartment and everything is labeled just so my apartment is like idiot proof like you can't you can't do it wrong but um yeah i, I can't wait to continue doing that and uh and and to see you know to, to see what is the next thing that that comes my way because i certainly never thought i'd be a drag queen never thought i'd be vegan never thought i'd have a cooking show or even be someone who's good in the kitchen uh never thought i'd be doing this so i, I can't wait to see uh what's next for me it's wonderful and you you have the cooking show the vegan drag queen on youtube and you have a podcast i love it so we'll have to put links on all of our social media so people can yeah. follow you of course yeah yeah and, um, you know, I, I just think it's great because I know you're supporting animal charities and other types of groups like on Long Island, you supported Lewis Oliver Farm and Lion, which is Long Island orchestrating for nature. So I was wondering, like, what are some of the other exciting groups that you've supported over the years? Yeah, um, well, gosh, I... I'm 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 tempted to go to my uh, to my spreadsheet here because I actually have 
um, a list of every single organization. Um, I, I'm not going to do that, but I do want to give a shout out for Pride for Youth as well. I did my 100th show in Long Island, uh, and they were one of the beneficiaries uh, for that show. And uh, so it's just, it's just so awesome that like I get to go wherever I want. You know, I, I, when I go back to Wisconsin to visit my family over the holidays, I'll usually stay for three weeks. Only one week I spend in Wisconsin and then two weeks I'll spend on the road. And it's kind of like, well, where do I need to go? Like, oh, well, I do need to stop and see a friend in Tennessee. So I'll just head that way and I'll do a show in Chicago and then Indianapolis and then I'll make my way down. So it's it's Great. it's awesome that I get to kind of travel and and pick where I want to go. And, and along the way, I get to make a difference for organizations that matter to me. So I've been doing... Uh, mainly LGBTQ and animal rights organizations. You know, I, I'm drawing a blank. Um, one of the things people with ADHD have is like hard time with like memory recall. Like if you ask me like, what did I just eat? And I'll be like, I have, I have no idea. Um, but uh, I, I do want to expand it a bit. There is a organization that I, right when the pandemic started, I was getting ready to uh, do a show with an or organization called Matriarch. Uh, and they are, shout out to the fantastic um, Nomi Ki Konst. She is, um, she sort of told me about this organization that basically just works to get women in like elected to like progressive, um, you know, like, like democratic socialist, like left wing women elected to office. And so that's it just, that's something else. I'm like, yes, I want to empower that. So anything that I want to empower, you know, and get behind. So um, I know that you perform in a lot of other venues. Like I've seen you at the Long Island Vegan Festival and it's really awesome. So I was wondering what type of reception do you generally receive? Like, do you find that your character is a way to engage people to learn something that they may not have before? Yeah, you know, I was even thinking about this before we jumped on the call. You know, sometimes I ask myself, this is going to sound like I'm trying to be so philosophical and pat myself on the back. I'm not. It's just, in a way, drag is still a mystery to me because long before I was ever a drag queen, I loved drag queens. I just thought they were the coolest. Um, and I still do, my God. Like, I'm still just, I, like, I, I still, my, my reaction to other drag queens is the same. Even if nowadays there's always maybe like a tiny bit of like envy or jealousy and they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. But um, I think it's just the suspension of disbelief that comes from creating a character that we all know this isn't a real character, but we're relating to them as though they're a real person. And it's kind of like, bringing a cartoon to life or actually I, when I was when I was back in um, in Wisconsin I was doing a show in my hometown and I right before going my niece and my nephew were there and they'd never seen me in drag before so uh, they were watching me get my makeup on and I'm like okay I'm gonna go and change I'll let you see when I'm when I'm done and I come and I looked fantastic if I say so myself and I come out I'm like how do I look and my nephew Johnny I think he was I don't know maybe eight or so at the time he's like you look like a puppet. And I was like, so touched. I'm like, you're kind of right. I look like a puppet. And that's kind of the thing. When we watch puppets, like uh, we relate to Kermit the Frog or Miss Piggy, like they're people. And it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's, it's like Miss Piggy came to life. I Oh my God, that's going to be the name of my autobiography. So 
I think there's something about drag that you already have put people in this state of suspended disbelief where they're willing to accept and, and believe this. So their mind is kind of like pride open and you can go into their mind and mess around with stuff. And I'm just kidding. not exactly, but like it, it, it's, it's, it's something that, that opens up someone's mind to consider things that are like outside of the box. And, um, you know, I've once heard this wonderful quote, I forget who said it, but at the, and I'm sure this is verbatim, um, at the height of laughter, the world is flung into a kaleidoscope of possibilities. Mm. And when I think about that, like when I am laughing at the height of laughter, it's like this, it's, it's almost like you're getting to see for just a split second how something totally new is possible that you didn't see before. And that's why it's funny. It hadn't occurred to you. And I think drag kind of does the same thing to people. And once you've brought someone that far, I do find it's a lot easier to get them to consider something as foreign to them as animal rights. And, you know, and there's something about drag said easier. There's something about drag where I can say anything to anyone in any way I've that I it. want to say it. And the drag queen will get away with it because <laughs> people are just like, yes, okay, sure. I had to share, I, I once in drag on my way to a gig and this young lady didn't see me standing there. So she flags down a cab and I'm like, absolutely not. I was here first. This is my corner. I saw him first. He's mine. And then I realized what I must sound like. I'm like, this is my corner. I saw him first. I probably look like a streetwalker. Um, and I did. But uh, and so I was just like, no, I am a drag queen on her way to a gig. I was here before you. I've been waiting for 10 minutes. I saw you arrive on this corner and put your hand up for a cab, which is how I know I was here first. We are sharing this cab. So and, and I, there's something about if I was out of drag, could you imagine me saying this to a young woman? I mean, like I would get maced. Um, I, so we're sharing a cab and basically the whole way down, like we're chatting and I'm talking about animal rights, but I'm talking about it from a point of view of like, if I have a captive audience, I'm just going to tell her the truth about animal rights. And, right. and she was just like, uh-huh. Wow. Really? Huh? Okay, I'll go and watch that. Interesting. <laughs> you can get away with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's very I, unique. I, you're, you're definitely one of a kind. If I went out on stage and I did my act and I was not in drag, it wouldn't work. Like it just right. wouldn't work, you know? Yeah. But with the costume, it definitely does. I mean, when yeah. you're dressed up, you know, Yeah. I mean, I have to ask, like I said, you're one of a kind, but do you know if there are other vegan drag queens that have followed in your footsteps now? There aren't because I I keep it that way. When I find out that there's another drag queen who's vegan, I I um, let let's just say I take care of it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I uh, I actually I am like the queen mother of like of the vegan drag queens. By by which I don't mean I'm superior or in charge. I mean that as in queen and in mother. 
I I make a I may I have like a Facebook group for it's a it's a closed you know private Facebook group just for vegan drag performers or oh. vegan drag artists around the world. I say vegan drag artists now as the general. I'm a drag queen, but there are drag kings out there. Um, and I don't say drag performers because not every drag queen is even a performer. Some are just you know they they're look queens or they're makeup artists or or they're just like you know like art. But uh, but yeah, there's by my count, I have found maybe around 70 or so, 70 or 75 vegan drag artists <gasps> around the world. Wow. Uh, and I, I, and I cool. know that's just the tip of the iceberg. It, and, and even more so nowadays, I'm sure, since, you know, it's far more likely for people to go vegan this day and age. But you know, Beth, how long have you been vegan? <clears throat> well, vegetarian for 30 years as of this year and, and vegan for about more or less the last 15 of those. So wow. half, half the time. So <laughs> you know, you know how it is. You've been, ve you know, you're either vegan BC or AD, right? And I consider that I came in right on the divining line. 2010 is like zero AD for vegans. And what I mean by BC is before cheese and after Daya. Right, because Daya came out right, and for everyone out there, it is Daya. I wish it was Daya. It's not. It's Daya. Get with the program. <laughs> so as soon, like, like into, like about a year into being vegan, Daya came out, and it was this revelation. Because we've all tried, though. You remember fifteen years ago, vegan cheese? Yeah. <laughs> it was. But so Terrible. when people nowadays are like, great. I don't know that I could ever be vegan. I'm like, I need you to shut your mouth right now and stop with that nonsense. Like we have the impossible burger. We have the beyond. We have Miyoko for God's sake. And yeah. not only Miyoko's products, even in Iceland in grocery stores, but she's also generous enough to have a cookbook for, she's like, you can buy my products or don't buy them. Just make my cheeses. She now has the vegan meat cookbook. I mean, you can either buy or make, or shout out to my favorite new YouTube cooking show, Sauce Stash, like mustache, Sauce Stash. This guy combines food and chemistry in the kitchen where he'll be like, we're gonna recreate the Beyond Burger. So we like basically make the exact same thing. And he'll he'll be meth I now keep methyl cellulose stocked in my kitchen because it's the thing that you add to that. And it's a naturally occurring thing. People are like, it's not natural. I'm like, you're not natural. But um it, it, it firms when you cook it, it firms with heat. And that's the thing that gives it like, it binds it. There's all sorts of kitchen chemistry that he talks about. People talk about the, the washed flour method of making seitan where, you know, which is, I guess, how you make it more that restaurant quality seitan. I've always tried making it with just pure gluten. It comes out kind of rubbery and I've never realized why. The washed flour method is the way to go. But then I've thought, I, I'm kind of obsessed with food waste right now. I mean, not Me really, because yesterday I threw away my food scraps and whatever. But I, you know, like when I make oat milk now, I save the pulp, I put it in my food dehydrator, then I blend that. And I don't know that I would call it oat flour because it doesn't have, you know, the starches in it. It's, but anyway, I, it's more like oat fiber. But um, when you do the wash flour method of seitan, it's like, but I'm washing out all that starch. Like, am I not kind of wasting water and wasting all of that starch? 
you the starch has a name now too kind of like the aquafaba like vegans will come up with a name for the water you drain out of chickpeas and now we've come up for a name for the washed liquid starch you wash out of of wheat and it's called spawn so literally it's oh. seitan spawn but you can use it to make pepperoni you can use it to make meat you, it has as many uses as aquafaba so that's what i love about his channel you can find all that kind of stuff out there so anyone who says i did not know that vegan, it's easier nowadays to go vegan without having to give anything up that is great that is yeah. great. Oh, I hate to end this interview, but we have to wrap up. Um, yeah. So any last thoughts? We've been listening to Honey LeBronx, who is the host of the cooking show Vegan Drag Queen and also the Big Fat Vegan Radio podcast. Any last yes. words? Um, yes, my last words are, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say this in a way that will, that will offer a challenge to some listeners. Um, I, I got a lot of flack for this online, and I'm happy that I got flack for online because this should be a radical thought to people. I'm redefining veganism. You, you can no longer be vegan and racist. You can be one or the other. These principles that we extend to all sentient life, we somehow act like we have to draw a line and decide where to cut that off. And it's like, no, this is about the animals, human and non-human animals. The fact that our fellow brother and sister humans are suffering like systemically because of their identity, their race, their sexual orientation or their gender identity, you know, it's, it's so simple and small minded to think I can't fight for this and that at the same time. That would be like asking someone like you can love your mom or your dad. You got to pick. Well, for some, that might be an easy question. But, you know, compassion is an expansion. You know, you cannot expand in one area of your life while constricting in another how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you are closing off your heart to the needs of people who are suffering, you are closing off your heart, period. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for people who wanna get more of an education on that, I would say hit me up on Instagram at Honey LeBronx, that's H-O-N-E-Y-L-A-B-R-O-N-X. And I'm happy to share resources there. Um, and you can also find my website at vegandragqueen.com. Um, I'm happy to share some resources as well there, but like anti-racist training and work and education has to be a part of our work. And I promise you, you know, I, I speak English, I speak Spanish, I also speak Icelandic. Learning Icelandic did not make me worse at Spanish. Learning another language made me better in all languages. It's now easier for me to learn a fourth language when I try to pick up a little bit of other languages. I'm like, oh, that makes sense because this and this and this and this in other languages. So it will only make you a better activist to also fight for your fellow human beings who are suffering under this awful system. 100%. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. A for that. <laughs> so thank you again so much. We've been listening to Honey LeBronx, the vegan drag queen. That brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, learned a lot, and feel inspired to take actions to protect our earth and your health. I want to thank our team, our sound engineer, Jonathan Flores, content strategist, Rose Chapano, and Jessica Chappelle on social media. 
You can find the Green Inside and Out podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other podcast platforms. Please subscribe and give us a review. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please see our website, greeninsideandout.org, where you can also learn more about the work we do. We appreciate your support. So until next time, stay green.